I will ask you to do is turn to your Bibles in Acts chapter 7. <clears throat> you know that we've uh, been here in uh, Acts chapter 7 for a while. We are looking at Stephen's message to, re- to the religious rulers, the final indictment before things change drastically, um, just historically. And what it is that the Lord's intention and how that focus will change to now the church age and essentially the establishment of that. So we haven't yet seen the conversion uh, of Paul that is going to be coming very quickly. This event needs to take place. The Lord needs to be very honest and open about his heart position on where these guys have been throughout time. And so he's saying to them in this message, hey, this is what's been going on. And so with that, it's been a historical journey, which has probably not been pleasant for a religious ruler who absolutely knows that better than any of us do. To have to hear, you've been resisting the leading of the Holy Spirit all this time. And here these incremental ways that that's been taking place. And so, remember we started last week just looking at it. You know, our, I'll just kind of skim over some of the things that we... We talked about, hey, that's a baby. <laughs> and so, um, our, you know, our title was Lordship Matters. And the thing that I just kind of a intro, I will at least say that again, is that, you know, from last week, the week previous to that, we were looking at the Lord commands us and advances us and gives us his desire and does all the work so that we might be in this familial relationship with him. I think it's something that we miss about the tabernacle and even everything that you're doing. The, the whole fact is the Lord wants to be your father, right? He absolutely is savior. He is absolutely king, but he wants to be your father, which means that he would have a direct connection with you and that you, there would be nothing that would separate you from him, right? And so you can't miss that as we kind of look at that, but our thing for this week and and understanding where we were last week is preeminence. Our key word is preeminent. Our key purpose was this from last week. It's to find our rest, peace, and purpose in Christ's power alone. This is a challenging thing for the religious rulers because everything else that would seem like a good thing they have placed in front of the preeminence of Christ and so now they can't see him. It's blocked by their position It's blocked by the tabernacle. It's blocked by everything that the Lord set as a picture of who he was. So then they miss it when when he's there. Right? The key point of this message is going to be this. God is complete in himself and we are complete in him. And notice the thing is this. He's complete in himself. Notice I didn't say he needs you to make him complete. That's not the case. See, you lack something. He doesn't lack anything. And so it changes to then now become a position of desire. It is absolutely his desire to have you. You got to know that this morning. And so we read this, and I just think it's fitting again to read it again in Colossians 2, 8 and 10. It says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness, which is the head of all principality and power. And so that was going to lead us to having these three key points that we need to look at. His dwelling, 
his throne, and his hand. These are the things that are covered in the three verses that we kind of looked at. And so we went through key point number one last week. If you weren't here with us last week, key points number one was this. If we are to properly recognize his power and enter into his rest, then we must first accept the invitation into his dwelling. See, here's the thing. You don't even have a home. Remember we talked about if you are a homeowner, let's say you're renting. You already know that, you know, by homeowners and renters, there's just this divide. You're not even in the conversation if you're renting. Right. And so and then when you have a mortgage, don't pay your mortgage. They're coming to take your house. Don't pay your taxes. If you pay your mortgage off, they're coming to take your house. And so you don't own anything. Right. And so that makes a position that if the Lord then has the ability to invite you into his habitation, there is only one homeowner. It's him. It's him. And so we had looked at that in order to try to understand in verse 48 when it says, How be it the most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands as saith the prophet. See that it is very clear that what Stephan is trying to paint this picture is like, listen, wait a minute. Everything that you think that you're doing for the Lord, you're not doing any. What? Hold on a second. (laughs) This is established already before you came a part of it. Now he's letting you be a part of this thing. And so we had these points that we kind of led to and it led to this. The rulers have no rest because they refuse the invitation and their work is heavy, making all that would follow them exhausted with their demands. See, that's the that's what happens when you don't really know where you dwell. Then you try to demand everybody else to follow after what it is you're doing. It makes your position preeminent and not the Lord himself. So now the next thing is this. We want to start right here in verse 49. It says, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build? Will you build me? Said the Lord. Or what is the place of my rest? That's going to lead us to key point number two is this. If we are to properly submit to his power, then we must exalt his throne over our own in order to find peace. See, only God has the ability to give us authority because he's the true king. In Revelations 3.21, it says this to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as also. Excuse me, as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches. And this is following up what he's saying to the church of Laodicea. So there's an opportunity. Yes, our church age is the heel of the Bible, right? But the thing is, there's still opportunity for you to actually attend upon the Lord. And I love that there's some things there that we got to understand. See, belief in Christ assures us of victory. That's the thing that we have to understand this. You don't even have a victorious life. Your life will only be marked with various disappointments and places that you end up that you don't understand how you got there. And what it's a mess. You only have victory when you have Christ. That's interesting to me when he says to him that overcometh. So let's look at it. In 1 John 5, 4-5, it says this, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. 
And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? See, then notice that Jesus grants us the seat of authority. In 2 Timothy 2, 11-13, it says, It is a faithful saying, If we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also excuse me, also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Guys, see, this is interesting that the Lord chose the word suffer previous to reign. It absolutely is going to lead us to this. There should be three trademarks of a victorious life. A willingness to die to my will. Is one of them. You notice in verse 11 it said, It is a faithful saying, For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. I have to die to my will. This is an absolute trouble spot for these religious rulers. They want to run the country how they want to run it. Stephen is saying, Listen, uh, no. <laughs> That's not going to work. It's not working. You have to die to your will. The thing that the plans that you have set for yourself in this life do not matter against what it is that the Lord Jesus Christ has planned for you. So in your best effort, what you should be doing is finding out what it is that the Lord has for you. There is you are uniquely gifted in a particular way so that he can use you for his purpose. But listen, you will never discover that trying to marry your will and his will. It is Christ himself that said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine. And when he left the garden, guys, it was decided in his mind. Now, we know it was very much decided, but he had a moment of feeling the gravity of what he was going to do for individuals that weren't worth it. And then the treatment of him really jumped off a cliff. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter. He's still, I'm going to get on this cross. I know what what the weight of this is going to do in the world. I understand that if I don't do this, man, everybody that I'm around and everybody born after will be destined to hell. So I want to obey my father and be the worthy lamb. Man, can you do the same thing? The Lord has already modeled the right response. The third, the second thing is willingness to suffer for His cause. If we suffer, we shall also reign. Listen, just because you have accepted Jesus Christ doesn't mean that your life is going to be easier. Matter of fact, it will be more challenging. Because now is the sanctification process of peeling away all the things that you have learned and developed your whole life. And being conformed to his image. And I always think about that in terms of a tree. You know, in order to make a tree grow up straight, like you have to cut off dead limbs. I remember when they did the tree in my front yard, they took 20% of that tree. And he said, we need to do this and it'll be healthier. I said, are these branches going to grow back over here and fill in? He was like, well, no, that won't. But it's, it's going to be strong. And it's interesting. Every storm that comes by, I have twigs coming out. My neighbors have branches coming down. It's interesting 
I'm like, boy, this tree is preaching. Okay, well, I'll just go back in the house. I guess it's okay, Lord, right? Yeah, that thing has to be cut off. So what do you have to suffer? Well, you're going to have to suffer against that will, against what the challenges of ministry, against the Lord is calling you to something that you feel inequipped to do, you don't want to do, it's inconvenient to do, and you still got to say, amen, I'll do it. And you got to wrestle with that. And the Lord has a very much, this is, all, this is just a long job interview. Because essentially the Lord has plans for you in eternity to rule and reign. So now, this is your job interview. I mean, think about that. Do you want to be at work in, in eternity doing the thing that the Lord has allowed you to even do a glimmer of in this life? Right now. Make an investment in people. Or not. And I'm telling you, don't waste your life now and don't waste your eternity. Get to work. The other thing was a willingness to be faithful unto Him. It says, if we believe not, yet He abideth faithful, He cannot deny Himself. Listen, it's one thing for you to have belief, but when the Lord is calling you and asking you to do these things and telling you in His Word and pointing it out and laying it out and you... Do you believe him? Do you believe him enough for you to just say, okay, Lord, I don't understand what you want me to do, but I, I'm just going to do it. I don't even know how this is going to turn out, but I trust you more than I do the turnout. Man, we don't always have to have the thing at the very end to make it make sense for us. Just trust him. What data has he not shown that he is trustworthy? I have to tell myself that. <laughs> right? There's a ton of un- uncertainty when you're dealing with people in the ministry. And there's always that space of humility. And you're investing in people's lives. And so you can kind of you kind of feel a way about that. But then when it goes poorly, you feel a way about that. And it can almost make you go, alright man. Enough. And the Lord's like, no. <laughs> this is about me and you. Do you trust me? What's my answer going to be? It has to be yes. See, all of those things should lead us to this thought process. Where obedience is, there will always be peace. Where obedience is, there will always be peace. If I'm willing to die, if I'm willing to suffer, if I'm willing to be faithful, man, I'm obeying what it is that the Lord has said to do. It's just something that you got to lay on your heart. It's something I wish that the religious rulers, when faced with this message, and I know if you read it in time, in real time, it's you don't get a chance to process it as quickly. But it is the Lord giving opportunity one more time for just to see a contrite spirit. You don't see that in them. What you see is a haughty spirit that rises up. So much so, they are just incensed with anger, probably now not even listening, just waiting. When he's done, we're throwing rocks. Like, that's that's where we're at. That's how sometimes people take counsel, too. <laughs> right? I'm not even listening. I'm just waiting to throw a rock. So you notice something else about that verse in Revelation. God honors His Son, so should we. 
In John 5, 22 and 23, it says this, For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as thy honor the Father. He that honors not the Son, honors not the Father, which has sent him. And so get this down, the rulers have no peace because they refuse to honor the true King of kings and Lord of lords. There's no peace for these guys. And they're just not comprehending what it is that's in front of them. Really, Stephen is giving them a way out. They could come straight to the feet of Jesus. They could, man, we see what it is that we've been doing, the heavy burdens that we've been laying on the people. Lord, forgive us. We're sorry. We recognize you as Savior. Wouldn't he have very much grabbed them up and embraced them and say, I'm yours, you're mine. Right? But there's a space of humility that has to exist in order for us to do that. And so, man, if you're not obeying, you don't have the peace. If you can't see the trademarks of what a victorious life looked like, and so then your life, you are a believer, and it is just marred with failure. Maybe it is one of those three things. You don't die to your own will. That's why things don't work. That's why you're still in the same spot you were last year. You don't suffer for his cause. You just go conveniently. Man, it's super easy to go to this church and just disappear, right? Like you can just go out, get some donuts. You got a good word, better than, dare I say, most of the city. And then go home. Good, right? No responsibility. It's good. It's easy. I don't know anybody. Nobody knows me. No prayer request. I'm not being challenged in my faith. But man, I'll be here every Sunday. Last one in, first one out. Right? We got people that's like that. It's always super awkward when you try to stop them because you're like, <laughs> it's like a basketball movie. You know? <laughs> then there's some weird <laughs> script that you have in your mind. I know, guilty. <laughs> you know, I learned from Dan Renault. He didn't care. He could be super awkward. It didn't matter. He wanted to get to know you. That's what we try to do now. Sometimes, like, if I'm sitting with guys that I know, Marcus and Van, you know, we, we've done that. And we'll just say, you know, hey, you know them? No. We just say hi. Okay. And then it's the, we're sitting in, in the wrong spot, not on, on the aisle. So now it's this. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. What's your name? You know, how you doing? Man, I, it's awkward <laughs> serving the Lord. It's nothing cool about it. Nothing at all cool about it. And so, you just got to be willing to do that. And I pray that you will be this morning, just as we continue going through this. And so, consider the peace, the lack of peace that those rulers have, not honoring the king properly. The last one is this. In, in verse 50 it says, Hath not my hand made all these things? And so our key point number three is this. If we are to properly obey His power, then we must follow His hand in order to find our purpose. Get this down. Only God has properly shown us how to finish what we start. Because He finished what He started. Genesis 2, 1 and 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. 
Boy, we are great starters, but we're not great finishers. The Lord is. Jesus Himself said, it is finished. They're modeling something for us that they're saying you have the ability to do. Why? Because you have the Word and the Spirit. Now you can finish things that you start. But you've got to consider what it is that you're starting in the first place. See, I want you to notice something. <clears throat> Not only is His hand able to finish the work that it starts, it's never wearied. Isaiah 40 28 through 31 says this, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. I love that. I underline that. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. God, man, that... When you're fainting, you need to read a verse like that. Because remember when we were, I was just saying, in terms of you putting your trust in the Lord, that's the kind of verse that when you are wanting to quit, when you are thinking about giving up, that you need to go to and look at for yourself and say, this is God's position. Because if he was weary dealing with me, I'm done for. Right? If, what if he faints with me? And all the times that he has to constantly tell me the same thing. I love you. Do you trust me? Why do we have to have this conversation? <laughs> but you know what? His heart is he'll answer. And he will give you that conversation. <laughs> Because that's how much he loves you. Whereas, in our case, we get tired of telling people the same thing. Our kids, very much. I, why do I have to, have to tell you? My mom used to say that to me. Man, you know how we do. We look at the trash. You can't even get whatever you try to put in there in there good. And your mom is just looking at you like... You going to take the trash out? I mean... My video games, I got to get back. <laughs> Me and Rashad are trying to beat Contra. <laughs> we always, that was a must. Dad hated it. <laughs> Having to constantly say to us. But that, and listen, that's why we faint at those things. And as ministers of his word, we faint from this position. We faint in counseling situations. Right? But not the God we serve. You got something to, to model. And you got a spirit. You have the ability to not faint. Maybe we should take it. Maybe we should trust him. Maybe we should believe him. I want you to know something else. If his hand is not weary, then understand this. Maybe get this down. God is perpetually interested in leading us when we desire to follow. Perpetually. There is not a moment, guys, listen, if you find yourself in a tight because you did something stupid and you need to confess it before the Lord, after that, the Lord is ready to put you in play. It is your own mind that puts you in this wallowing place like somehow you got to have a time out before you get back to it. No, confess it. And OK, Lord. I'm sorry, I had a moment. <laughs> 
Forgive me. That was stupid. Let's go. Okay? And just move forward. So now, here are three more verses you need to have down. Listen to this heart. Because there is something that I want you to get from here. A desire to follow. Guys, the religious rulers do not desire to follow him. They are following themselves. Their tradition has now outweighed the call of what it is that Jesus Christ intends to be. And everything that they had had that was a picture of that, now you have it in the flesh. Listen to this. Psalms 5.8. Love it. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. Psalms 25.5. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Psalm 31.3, for thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore for thy name's sake lead me and guide me. Is that your heart this morning? Guys, if you are making prayers like that, I'm telling you, the Lord will respond. And then what we do is, whoa, 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 I didn't mean right now. I mean, I was kind of thinking, give me a week. Nope. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If you, if you have a desire to follow, just understand the Lord is quick. He will move in a heartbeat. There is that situation that's in your neighborhood and you go out and you know, it's like spider sense. You are out and the Holy Spirit's tingling like you need to say something. And you know what you do? You just suppress it sometimes. Because you don't feel worthy to say because of whatever stupid thing you might have been doing, saying, thinking, whatever previous. But I'm telling you, if you confess it, just do it. The Lord is giving you an opportunity. That spider sense, yo, listen, your flesh don't tingle like that. It tingles, but not for that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was crass. But <laughs> we got out of it. <laughs> but seriously, though, seriously, there are times, the Lord is always looking for an opportunity for you to have fruit. You just don't take it. You could change the way you're going to say something. You could ask somebody, hey, can I, pr- can I pray about this for you? You could actually go into the full gospel. Like, the Lord wants to use you. You just got to really ask yourself, do you want to be used? Guys, I'm I'm getting to the point where I don't want to miss, I want to miss those opportunities less and less. Because never, never has it not been awesome when I have responded. The right way. It's always been incredible. It may have started out awkward. And then you forget how awkward it was. And then boom. There you are. You got a friend. Maybe somebody gets saved. Maybe somebody is going forward in discipleship. I don't know. What do you want out of your life? Do you want what the religious rules have? They have a lot of prestige. They have a lot of standing. And the Lord is going to topple that. I mean, just in a few verses. (laughs) We're done with that. Look at the just look at the state of Israel right now. Until he reestablishes it, it will still be this kind of thing that's like. You see what I'm saying? This that happened because of this message. (laughs) So here's the thing. In 1 Timothy 1, 8, 9, it says this. 
Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Here's the last thing. The rulers no longer have a purpose because they refuse to obey the leading of God's hand through, the, through time to the gospel. And so now, <clears throat> you know, they could still get right, they could still get saved, but man, uh, sometimes people just dig their heels in on wrong thinking. And so they're going to do that. And I'm just praying that you won't do the same. And you might be in a situation that's got you upside down with the Lord and you you and Him are not having the best of conversations, but I'm telling you, um, die to yourself. You are not right in this. I'm just telling you. Whatever you think ill of the Lord, you are not right in that. Do not be like the religious rulers and just refuse the rebuke and chasing of the Lord. He is doing that because you are His child. That's why sometimes you get the belt. You need it. It's just like our the kids that we raise in this class, right? You gotta you have to discipline them. And so the Lord is man, this is his heart for these rulers. It's not to paint a picture of them like they are the villains with, you know, little thin mustaches. God is not out to get you. He's out to get you for himself. You have to understand that. And so, our conclusion is, whether it's God's home or throne or purpose shown, that's only going to come from you putting Christ as preeminent. Not church attendance. Not the thing that you do in this place. It has to be Christ. Everything should come from out of that place. Is He number one? Is He the motivation behind why you do everything you do? If not, you're not looking at it right. You're just setting yourself up to have a good religion. A good thing to look at other people and look down your nose at them because they're not doing it at the same level you are. Man, when Christ is preeminent, that's just humbling. I don't even have a position to do anything. I can barely even look up. Except He lift my head. You know what I'm saying? And so... That's the last verse before we get into the wrap up and, you know, we get into the actual terrible statement that happens as a result of these guys' heart. I'll just give you a the trailer for that movie. Verse 51. I mean, that's right after verse 50. In verse 51, we'll read this and we'll be done. It says, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. He's not done. Let's keep reading. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? I'm surprised a rock didn't fly out right at that moment. And they have slain them which have sold before the coming of the just one of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. Rock number two. Who have received the law by the dispensation of angels and have not kept it. Rock number three. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. And I won't spoil the rest of it. (laughs) 
Please don't respond like that in your heart to the Lord. If you're in a period where the Lord is rebuking or, or chasing you, refining you, just accept it. That's your Father doing that. You need it. I need it. Okay? And um, let's consider His Word this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do ask that, um, Lord, we have hard things that we have to hear like this. Lord, uh, no, our ears are never ready for that. But Lord, I, I pray that we would have hearts that would be ready for it. And, uh, and that we would uh, proceed properly. Lord, you must be preeminent in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that we don't put something before you. Even just the love that we have of Midtown, that Midtown itself would not have this thing that we just love each other so much that, Lord, you get missed. Father, help us to properly prioritize you, which is, number one, everything else after everything else. Our own desire, our own will, our own plans, um, goals, whatever those things may be, Father, I pray that we would just put them underneath your feet. Lord, Draw us closer to you. Set our feet in the path that you would have us go. And Father, I pray that we would have fruit. For those that may be listening that have not accepted you, Father, I pray that they would see you from this message as preeminent. And that perhaps they have been on a pursuit of their own without you. And so, Father, I pray that they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That they would understand that you are the Son of God born of a virgin. Lord, you got on the cross so that none of us would have to stand before a righteous judge and be told that we could not get in, that we are unacceptable. Lord, Christ paid that penalty. Lord, we accept that. We trust in it. We believe in it. We thank you for it. But Lord, there may be those that still have not done that. And so, I'm just praying, would you work in the hearts, Lord, of those that may be listening. That they would consider what happened on the cross. And more importantly, what happened when you got up on your own power. Just to solidify everything that happened. That Lord, you are now a living God, seated in heavenly places on the throne. And so, Father... Would you save and be with us, encourage us, move us forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.